0: You use money in a way to prevent your greatest fear from happening like we use money in a way to support ourselves and make ourselves feel more comfortable and safe the way that you manage money and your finances, how you work with your partner makes you feel close, emotionally connected and supported when it comes to your finances. But as a guy, I think there's something about like financial intimacy that like is hard for my brain to wrap around. Are you a six-figure household, but you're struggling to build wealth?
1: Money isn't a problem, yet you don't have a financial strategy.
0: You and your spouse just can't seem to get aligned, and it's holding you back.
1: Welcome to Rad Money, the finance podcast for millennial married couples.
0: We're Rebecca and Dylan.
1: And our goal with this podcast is to help you stop arguing about money so you can start building real wealth.
0: Because the world needs more good, wealthy people.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Rad Money Podcast. We're your hosts, Rad Coaches, Rebecca and Dylan, if you're new here. Today, we're talking about financial intimacy, but before we jump into it, go ahead and share this episode with your spouse. You're both going to want to listen to this. This is super important stuff. So right now, before we even get into it, we'll give you a second. You doing it? You done? Okay, let's talk about financial intimacy and why it's super important.
0: Financial intimacy is what you have to have when you're in a relationship with your spouse to manage money together. And so this is just... It's absolutely essential. You have to have some form of financial intimacy if you're gonna be in a relationship and you use money. So if you're in a relationship, financial intimacy is required if you wanna have a happy relationship. It is one of the many things you'll need. It's not the only thing, but it's it's absolutely necessary.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it is absolutely necessary, but I think a lot of people don't know what it is. They don't know that it's something that they should be looking at. So that brings us to, what is it? What is financial intimacy? Yeah. And what we're talking about today is, Not only what is it, but how can you tell that you do or don't have it in your relationship and if it's something that you need to work on improving so that you can develop more intimacy when it comes to your finances. But let's start with, what is it?
0: Financial intimacy is the financial version of intimacy, right? So essentially intimacy is the feeling of closeness, emotional connection and support from your partner. Financial intimacy is taking all those things into account, but through a financial lens. The way that you manage money and your finances, how you work with your partner makes you feel close, emotionally connected and supported when it comes to your finances.
1: Exactly. And then one thing that you said earlier that I thought was really interesting was that it's how you're managing money as a couple that actually promotes intimacy mm-hmm. it, so and it, so it's kind of like it goes both ways so there's financial intimacy which is like how you are met when it comes to financial topics with your spouse and is there is there a level of closeness do you feel emotionally connected do you feel supported from your spouse when it comes to financial topics but then also there's the way that you just manage money together that actually fuels your overall intimacy as a couple right and that's really, I think that's a really interesting distinction. Both are great. Both are important. They're just two separate things. Like there's financial intimacy, uh-huh. which is how you feel close and emotionally connected when it comes to specifically talking about money issues, right. financial issues, topics of money, money management. Yeah. There's the the closeness that's built by doing those things together. That's a level of financial intimacy, mm-hmm. feeling like I can come to you with an issue And you're not going to judge me for it. You're going to support me in whatever ways that I need to be supported. There's going to be like effective communication around it. And you're not going to shame me, make me feel stupid, all those sorts of things. That's all financial intimacy because we're talking specifically about financial topics. But then there's overall intimacy, right? And, Uh And so I think that what we're kind of maybe saying is how you manage money together can impact your intimacy overall as a as a couple.
0: Totally, because I, I wrote down some notes that said things like, it's not my bonus, it's our bonus. Like mm. by saying it's our bonus, that's like a level of financial intimacy because I'm sharing it with you, right? It's yeah. not your debt, it's our debt, right? I'm taking this on with you because it's our two things together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Financial intimacy is definitely shifting from yours and mine to ours. Mm-hmm. But really the definition of financial intimacy For those who are listening, we're you know, Dylan and I are kind of just discussing it right now, but really the definition of it is a feeling of closeness, being emotionally connected, supported around financial issues. And so like we were kind of saying, some examples of that are just being able to share your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and even like experiences and needs without feeling like you're going to be judged and shamed or something like that. But instead, you're actually going to be met with compassion, with understanding and grace.
0: I think, yeah, that makes sense to me. But as a guy, I think there's something about like financial intimacy that like is hard for my brain to wrap around. Like when you define financial intimacy, it's like, yes, I hear the definition.
1: Those are words. Those are
0: words like. It all lines up nicely, but I'll tell you at the same time, like, I wonder if it's like a left brain, right brain, guy brain, woman brain sort of thing. But it just, for me in particular, like financial intimacy, the definition makes sense. But I think as we move through this process and start to really highlight through examples and stories, it really starts to become concrete. And so if you're a guy and you kind of feel like I do, as we started this podcast, which has been paused a bunch of times for me to like wrap my brain (laughs) around this concept. Like even though I was there writing the show notes for this, my brain is kinking out a few times here, right? Like intimacy. Why do
1: I keep using this word? Yeah. (laughs) But it's a foreign word. Yeah, it's just
0: one of the things Rebecca just said was it's like trying to grasp onto water. It's like I'm trying to hold water in my hands while I'm talking about this. And like for women, this probably is a little bit easier. Not all women, right? Like we're not generalizing or anything, but I think as a guy that I can generalize slightly that it's a hard thing to get our heads around sometimes. So I'm here to tell you like stick with it and listen up because the thing about financial intimacy is that you need to be able to communicate with your wife or your spouse, whoever you're with. You need to be able to trust them with your finances and know that they have your back and that you should be able to share your resources together. And that's kind of like a broad generalization of it, the financial intimacy and the pieces. But if you can't do any of those things, you're not going to have a great relationship with your spouse around money. And as we've said, if you're in a relationship, you are spending money. So you have to deal with this stuff. It's absolutely necessary. So how do you make it so that I don't have to touch the money? I mean, we talk we talk about money because that's important, but I wouldn't have to touch the money because I trust Rebecca so much with our money. She can make every decision moving forward and I could literally live my life without thinking about money because I'm financially intimate, but that's because we do talk about it, right? So there's a dichotomy of the whole thing is that by talking about it so much, you can trust your partner that you never have to talk about it. That's yeah. like that's kind of the, the flip side of this all. And so I think that's me figuring it out as we're going.
1: Well, it, it's one thing to know what financial intimacy is as a concept. And then it's another thing to try to explain it. I think that's why it feels like holding water. Yeah. Is it's like, well, I live it out. It's totally my experience in my relationship. And I know exactly how to help people to obtain it. But
0: mm-hmm. it's still,
1: it still is a little bit challenging to describe. And I think there's also just that awkwardness of we're pretty much talking about two of the things that nobody wants to talk about. We're talking about two things that are incredibly scary. And the one being your finances, two is being vulnerable. Like, to be intimate means that you have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's super scary. Yeah. And so we're talking about something that, like, a lot of people are probably going to, like, just even hear this term, maybe even read the the show. I don't even know if anybody's going to listen to this. Yeah, have you made (laughs) it here yet? Let us know. (laughs) But because it's a very challenging concept for people to even want to hear about, much less to talk about and describe. Right. And then I can see how there would be a lot of truth in what you're saying about the male perspective where you're just not as in touch with emotions. You aren't as verbal as women are. You, right. We're outward processors. And so we share everything with each other and yeah, with you.
0: Yeah, and, and but, men are more inward. But and men know.
1: process inward. And so even that, you're like, well, to be financially intimate means I have to share. I have to talk. I have to like get old there's that v word again you know right, <laughs> right. vulnerable you know and so it's like the guy alarm start to really sign off you know it's like sound off of, wee woo, wee woo. <laughs> like, we don't want to go here <laughs> yeah
0: well and i think like the beauty of this episode once we get past this moment is that we're painting this black and white picture it's like what happens when you don't have financial intimacy and that's, that's going to be like the bad stuff. And then we got the light side of it all where when you start to practice these things, like how good it can get and how how fortunate you are if you were in a relationship with financial intimacy.
1: But even if you don't have it, you can build it. And exactly. And that's, that's the really cool thing. So we talked about, What financial intimacy is, we've defined that a little bit. We've given some context. We talked a little bit about like if you're feeling that resistance to it, we get it, man or woman. These are some big concepts and some things that you've got to stare your marriage in the face and be like, oh, God, do we have to work on that? Yeah. So we totally get that you're feeling that way. But we are going to talk about not only why is it really important, but what are some signs that you don't have it? Because I think that's the thing is like we can talk about like you were saying earlier, it's really easy to know what it feels like to have it, especially because we do, Uh huh. but it's a little bit harder to describe it, and then it's even harder to, to know, is that something I need to work on or not? So we're going to point out four signs that you do not have financial intimacy in your marriage and that this is a place that you should really focus on and work on so that you guys can start to reach your financial goals together and, and just improve your marriage. Yeah. It will just trickle into every part of your marriage.
0: Absolutely. So the first sign that you don't have financial intimacy is a lack of communication around finances. And I mean, this is kind of seems obvious as I'm saying it, because if you can't talk about finances, how are you ever going to get to the point of financial intimacy at all? Right. I mean, you have to be able to communicate. And this turns out to be one of the most important things in a relationship being able to talk about money is more important than many other aspects of finances. No matter how much income you have, no matter how much debt you have, if you can just talk about it, that's important. So if you aren't able to talk about it, well, that's gonna really hurt you. How are you gonna solve problems? How are you gonna build wealth?
1: So if you are, say, avoiding conversations about money, that's a huge sign that you don't feel connected to your partner in a way that you can have conversations about money in a healthy, productive way. Right. Or if you're just kind of hiding truths, kind of sweeping things under the rug, that's kind of in that same vein of just like, you know, lying by omission.
0: Exactly. is is kind of what
1: I'm talking about here when it comes to your finances. It's a huge sign that financial intimacy is something that you could really work on, that you could really benefit from working on.
0: Right. The second thing is a lack of trust, which I think is like where you can see how both of these build up, right? If I can't talk about money, it's probably because I'm lacking some trust. I don't trust if I tell you something that you're going to be understanding, compassionate, graceful, all those things that you said, and that I might be judged or ridiculed because of it, but I don't feel like I can i can be that vulnerable and and I don't trust
1: you. Also with, with the lack of trust, I do think this is where it can kind of start to take on a bit of a life of its own as well, but what it really looks like when you don't trust your partner with money or why you lack that trust is that you don't feel like they're gonna follow through for you. That's a huge part of trust. That's the support part. Of intimacy, right? Is that they're going to be there when you need it. Or like you said earlier, they're going to have your back uh-huh. and they're going to do what they need to do and they can do their part, right? I think that's a really big part of the lack of trust piece.
0: Another area of trust though is like, you don't trust or your partner doesn't trust that you're going to do the right thing with money. If you're giving money, you're going to spend it in a way that's just reckless or irresponsible or your partner might be doing the same thing. But it's definitely not this like, I said earlier I would trust Rebecca with all of our money for the rest of my life. It's very different uh when thinking that way.
1: It's that but there's kind of two veins even with that of like if you don't trust them to manage the money, like why is that? And I think that a big there's the reckless, I'm just doing things that aren't serving anybody or I'm selfish. Okay. And I think that those are two really interesting pieces of like, well, if I, you know, t- tell you that we need to do this with the money. You're just going to do stuff that only benefits you. Or if there's any extra money to spend, you're only going to buy things that benefit you and not, not the family, not, not the unit, us. not us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think there there is, is like, there might be that thought of like, well, I don't think that they're necessarily going to do the quote unquote wrong thing with money or quote or waste the money. But do you think that they're going to use the money in a way that only serves them? And so then you're left with kind of scraps. You know, I think that, that so that's a dynamic that I definitely see in relationships as well. Yeah. And it definitely erodes trust.
0: So the next sign that you don't have financial intimacy in your relationship is either judging your partner or being judged by your partner about your financial decisions.
1: And this can look like so many, it can take so many different phases. Like I just mentioned, if you're judging them for how they're managing their money, like you know best. Right. And so anything they do, is, it's totally wrong. It's not perfect. This is where perfectionism really, really comes in for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the need for control can come in a lot for people with this one. And and it can be a, just like a really dangerous thing to make somebody feel like no matter what they do, they're going to get it wrong. To me, I feel like there's no quicker way to erode a relationship than to make somebody feel like everything they do is wrong.
0: Yeah, and I th- I really see this as a lack of trying to understand the other person and the relationship, and really gets to know what their interests are or why they've decided to do what they've done with finances. Probably should have brought this up at the very beginning, but like you use money in a way to prevent your greatest fear from happening. Like we use money in a way to support ourselves and make ourselves feel more comfortable and safe. And so your partner's making decisions to make them feel safe. And so they, and what you feel is the right thing might be totally different than what they feel. And it actually, there's a good chance it makes you guys swing in a, like a crazy dance together that doesn't really mesh well. But if you started to understand that you'd be less likely to judge and start to understand your partner and you get through that part a lot better. Cause I would, I bet if you asked your partner before judging them, you know, do you care about us? Do you want the best for us? Do you you see our future going well together? I bet all the answers are yes, I care about us. I want us to do well. I want our future to be set up for success. But it's not because you don't understand
1: that. Well, I think this is, it all circles back to like what we're saying of like communication is the key. People don't know how to ask those questions without them being accusatory. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times when people are judging, they end up questioning each other's actions and it's, well, why did you buy that?
0: Well, that's the problem. You use the why. Well,
1: no, but even the way that you just asked that, like it could absolutely come down to tone of voice and how you say it. Like, you're like, do you want this family to succeed? You You know, if somebody came at me like that. I wouldn't think that you're trying to understand me. I would think that you are trying to belittle me. Yeah, and well, I'm so, definitely
0: known for not having a good tone. Well, I don't but, pay but, attention to that. That's but, something I could work on. It is
1: something you are working on. I mean, but tone is so important too. So like when we talk about communication, it's all of these different things. So it's it's questioning each other without the right tone. Your mm-hmm. your intentions might even be good, but you don't know how to talk to each other in a way that doesn't just blow it up and you all of a sudden you're going nuclear. Right. You know. So I think that that's a really interesting piece of it too. Finally, the fourth sign, because we can't just, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but the fourth sign that you don't have financial intimacy in your relationship is that you're keeping everything separate. And this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have fully integrated accounts, even though we are huge fans of having a streamlined shared account system. It just makes your life so easy. However, what we really mean is that you're, Essentially you're making financial decisions without the other person. So that's what we mean is for in terms of keeping it separate. You probably do have separate accounts as well, but you spend money without getting the other person's buy-in.
0: Right. And we've talked about like having a, a fund where you can spend money without any questions, but we're just talking about like generally, here's my money and there's your money. That's uh-huh.
1: definitely like that's a huge part of keeping it separate. But it's also even if you have separate accounts, it's making significant Financial moves without talking to the other person. So that can be, hey, I decided to buy a fifty thousand dollars car without your buying. Well,
0: you. Someone recently told you a story about the their husband buying a, a four wheeler.
1: Yeah, yeah. Without
0: discussing it, and it was like, well, that now we got a twenty thousand dollars liability that we're paying for. And, and even that... if
1: their finances were completely separate, and he was like, well, I have an income, you have an income, whatever. The thing of it is, is that still impacts the relationship as a whole in terms of how much discretionary money does he have now? And it just is putting more walls up constantly. Right. If you're not talking about these transactions that you're making together, it's putting walls up between you and your significant other that are keeping you from working together and building any kind of wealth together. Yeah. So if I feel like you're a wild card and you're just going to go off and make decisions on your own and you aren't going to cue me into any of it. Well, that's obviously going to erode at trust. It becomes this really toxic cocktail of erosion at your at your relationship and really tears you down. And even then, it doesn't have to be that extreme, though, too. I'll say the most common way that I think people do this in keeping in keeping things separate and eroding their trust and, and the easiest way that you can just, like, screw all four of these things up at once is to have the spending limit for each other, like say, I have a hundred bucks a month and I can spend it, but I consistently sp- overspend. Yeah. I consistently make the agreement and break the agreement. And I say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, totally. That's the budget. That's what we're going to do. That's the plan. And then I do not try to follow. There's that like a follow
0: through in the trust at all. Mm hmm.
1: And, I, and then I just go off and I spend money on whatever I want. And it's just like, well, no wonder they don't want to trust you. No wonder they want to keep things separate because they're like, hey, you said you were going to do this and now you're not doing it. Right. So I don't think you have our best interests at heart. I don't think that you're there for me. And I definitely don't feel like I can share any sort of insecurities because then it's just going to become this like tit for tat sort of thing. You know, and we just start, you know, well, you did this and you did that, but you did this and you did that. And it can just become a nightmare.
0: Yes. So we just covered a lot. And I really want to make sure that you remember the four signs of not having financial intimacy. So I'm going to quickly run through them again for you. So the first one is avoiding the conversation or hiding the truth from your partner. The second is a lack of trust. Three is judgment or questioning your partner's financial decisions. And four is keeping everything separate.
1: Yes, those are the four signs that you don't have financial intimacy in your relationship. I think we'll do another episode where we're gonna talk about how to work on the financial intimacy in your relationship. We'll give you some steps to that.
0: Well, and I'll also just say, I think that this podcast is the antidote to the lack of financial intimacy because we talk so much about how finances affects your relationship and the tools that you can use so that you can start having better conversations, that you can trust your partner, how to work together as a team. And so there there are some past episodes. There's one about how to have conversations around money. We'll link that in the show notes. But if you're thinking to yourself, okay, I recognize that I have a couple patterns here that are definitely not helping my relationship. Instead of avoiding the conversation, start to have the conversation. And the conversations might be a little rocky at first, but trust that if you come from it from the right place, it's going to ultimately improve the relationship. So it's like, I'm going to open up this conversation. I know that I'm probably going to mess this up really bad, but let's just get started because my ultimate goal is for us to be better here. I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to try not to judge you. I'm actually going to try to understand you now instead. Can you tell me what do you need? How can I help support you? What's making you not sleep well at night when it comes to your finances and our finances? That alone would get you get the ball rolling in and you'll know it's going to be messy. And you can even say, hey, it's going to be messy. And at least you, you kind of set it up to understand that it's going to be a little rocky. But then you can walk away and come back and try it all over again. Um, but I think ultimately, like we all are in a relationship because we want somebody in our life that we can love and trust. But finances is one of those areas that people try to keep it separate, whether they want to be independent or they want to protect themselves from some disaster happening, but those create the divide and reduce your financial intimacy. So you have to be willing and vulnerable enough to take that leap and give it a shot. Because I mean, what's the purpose? You need to be there and trust your partner and you might have to put it out there and you don't know what's going to happen, but the only way to receive it is to put it out.
1: I think also I want to replace the word vulnerable with brave. You have to be brave to be vulnerable. It is courageous because you could get shut down. Yeah. You could get door slammed right in your face. I mean, all sorts of things could, could potentially go wrong. And that's why there is so much resistance. That's your fear talking. Yeah. It's nothing but your fear. And so it takes courage and for you to be brave and do it scared to actually get good at it. I think that that's really excellent points that you're making in terms of why you need to have these conversations. There's going to be a handful of links in the show notes for the next podcasts that you need to listen to go through the catalog and say, okay, not only am I going to share this episode with my spouse, or you already did that, hopefully, not only did I do that, but I'm going to go and I'm going to listen to the episode where Dylan talks really, really deeply about how to have these conversations about money with your spouse and what will lead to your success so that it's not as messy as it could be, so that you don't have to worry as much about being vulnerable and getting the door slammed in your face, right? So go check those out. Share this episode with your spouse. Make sure that you start doing that self-analysis, really looking at yourself, looking at your marriage and saying, is this something that we need to improve upon? I want to have an excellent marriage together to take it up to the next level. And we're here to help you do that. So we're super excited. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And And we're we're Rad rad coaches. Coaches.